Oh, man. Now we're with the Beatles. And so far, we've got Shambles Constant and Frank Edward Nor and myself with some candid comments to go through this second LP by the fabulous for the Beatles, whom we are uh, paying tribute to, uh, at least so far this year, 2023. We're uh, going back, and you're welcome to join us, uh, and I'll give you all the cobs. Ways you can do it, and uh, the address, email address, and dates and times, and and this is really I'm gonna go full Jimbo on this and stay very flexible. Uh, there may be weeks where there are more than one episode of the Overnightscape Central. Let's just try to flow through these albums and see what happens after, but. Uh, I've been looking for some revitalization and getting shambles back on the show is really cool. I am looking forward to that. And Frank, and uh, I heard a rumor that Rob was making a segment to uh, Rob from the Paunch Stevenson show, who so kindly contributed last week to our uh, debut uh, Beatles albums show. And uh, again, this, this is all Beatles all the time, and any related or um, digressive topics that we can connect, let's do it. This is our opportunity here uh, on the Overnightscape Underground for all of us to uh, just uh, make some sort of uh, verbal monument to this incredible landmark band, their influence, and uh, I'm still waiting. There are people who don't like the Beatles, feel they're wildly overrated, and I'd like to hear from you guys too. Don't uh, think you have to do some you know, hour-long monologue about how great the Beatles are. If you've got two minutes on how the Beatles give you a headache, well, then uh, let's have two minutes. But uh, all that information on the other end of this transmission. And um, there's nothing better that we could do at this point than to leap right into things and go to the one and only Shambles Constant. It's interesting how uh, some of the songs that the Beatles were coming out with during 1963, you know, there there seemed to be a common theme of a couple being physically separated from each other, and one of them's away, and the other one's you know waiting for them to to come back home, or you know, there, there's some reason why. They're physically apart at the at the moment, and which makes perfect sense that they would be that would be where their thoughts would be in 1963 when they were doing you know a lot of tours and the the you know um, the record company managers and everybody were you know there were a lot of expectations placed upon them during that time after Please Please Me came out and. Uh, uh, you know they had to fulfill this obligation and this obligation and you know and um there there's a what's that interview i've heard an interview where somebody was asking them you know um you know do you you know do you plan on seeing this this place what do you plan on doing when you're here and they're like this actually might have been 
you know, after they got to America. But, you know, John's like, look, we're, you know, we're not here to sightsee. We're here to do a job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was like, it's like, you know, we're trying to be responsible, damn it. <laughs> we're trying to do what they want us to do. And, you know, eventually they would be like, screw it. We're doing what we want. <laughs> but, you know, at this particular time, that, that whole theme of, you know, a separate, you know, a couple being, you know, temporarily separated definitely plays a part in several of the songs on with the Beatles. Um, starting the very first one, it won't be long. Um, I can't help but think that, you know, there's a lyric that, that John sings where he's like, I'll be good like I know I should. You're coming home. You're coming home. <laughs> you know, it, it sounds like he's like, he's saying, it's like, all right, I'll be good. I won't cheat on you. <laughs> that's basically what, that's, that's how that line kind of strikes me a little bit. But um, It Won't Be Long is a really great tune um great start not maybe not as good a start to an album as i saw her standing there but it's pretty damn good nonetheless um it's really got a a nice repeated uh chord progression every night tears fall down from my eyes now i know i've done nothing but cry I, i get i get the different verses confused in my head when I try to when I try to do that one, but uh, that's that's a really great song to to, to start off. Um, it's followed by "All I've Got to Do," which has never been one of my favorites. I'm, I'm sorry to say, um, you know, it's pleasant as a, as a tune. Um, you know, it's decent album filler. I don't know if it you know, warrants having the second spot on the, on the album though, you know, it, it, you know, it's always struck me as a little bit weak. Um, you know, like maybe I'm not quite sure where they're coming from on it. You know, maybe it needed something to give it a little bit more edge. I don't know. Um, but that's sort of another one in that theme, you know, whenever I want you to around, all I've got to do is call you on the phone. Then you'll come running home. <laughs> you know, it was like, it's like, you're not right next to me right now, but I just basically got to pick up the phone and you'll be, you'll be here. And, you know, later on the Beatles would do um, a reverse version of that with any time at all, with any time at all, all you got to do is call and I'll be there. So uh, it's interesting to kind of compare those, those two numbers, but I mean, it's it's fine. It's okay, you know. And um, I mean, we're talking about the Beatles here. It's hard to say this one sucks, this one doesn't suck, you know. But that that's that one's never been one of my favorites. It it feels kind of a little like you know, put me to sleep kind of thing a little bit. And it's only two minutes long, so <laughs> if it makes me feel like that in two minutes, I don't know. But it's it's a decent enough enough song. Then you got all my lovin', um, which may be the first really great Paul McCartney song. You know, um, well, okay, one of. You know, I can't really necessarily say that, but um, it's it's that's one of those songs that seems. You know, like he, he's talked about yesterday, how it seemed like he's like, you know, 
some this has to be a song that already exists. It has to be something this has to be something that's out there that um I just you know accidentally plagiarized. You know, because it's it's so simple in a way, you know. Um I mean it, it it's definitely got a, a sense of like a you know, this is a song um chestnut, you know, kind of thing. It's like close my close your eyes and I'll kiss you. Tomorrow I'll miss you. Remember I'll always be true. And then while I'm away, you see, that's somebody being away again. I'll write home every day and I'll send all my loving to you. It, it, you know, it seems like one of those songs that you know has always existed. <laughs> you know, like, you know, even 60 years ago, it it had been part of the zeitgeist for a very long time. You know, it's, it's kind of got that feel to it. I, I don't know quite how to explain what I'm trying to talk about, but, um, but yeah, that's, um, one of the absolute highlights of with the Beatles is, uh, all my loving, um, you know, and it's got the simple, um, rhyme scheme, you know, I will send to you, darling, I'll be true. Um, you know, that they, that they were, uh, playing around with and, and using in different, I mean, like even then starting to, to mix it up a little bit. Um, but a uh, great song there. Great song. Um, uh, you got don't bother me, which if we're in this theme of, of, uh, you know, two people being separated from each other, then that one kind of just throws it right on its head. You know, <laughs> it's like, I have no time for you right now. Don't bother me. <laughs> George Harrison's first song, man, I love George Harrison's music and his, the songs that he, um, that he wrote. Um, you know, he was very much in the shadow of John and Paul for a long time. And that also gave him time to, you know, slowly compose, um, a multitude of songs so that when they eventually broke up, I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but, um, spoilers when the band broke up, in 1970, he was able to come up, uh, come out with like a triple album of amazing music, where he's just like, oh, here you go. <laughs> it's like, there it is. But Don't Bother Me, um, that's one of the, one of their songs that was, it was in A Hard Day's Night, you know, when they're, when they're like dancing in a club or something, and uh, they're dancing to their own music. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny, you know, it's like one of their own one of their own songs that they've released, you know, like the club is like, hey, let's put on with the Beatles and see what y'all think, you know, but you know, it's definitely the, the, the singer is just kind of in a mood and he's like, don't bother me. Uh, that might be how George was feeling. Cause he was, um, definitely the most introverted member of, of the group. And, that may have bothered him the most, you know, um, where he just like, he needed time on his own. I'm an introvert. I know how it is. Uh, he needed time on his own and he just had no time, but uh, you know, people kept bothering. Him. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Oh, I got to do another concert and another concert. And Oh, I'm sorry. Do you need another? Sorry. Sorry, George Martin. You want me to record another song? <laughs> you know, it's like, um, but uh, you know, it's, it also, I'm not quite sure what he's trying to say in the song in terms of 
the the person that he's talking to, since she's been been gone, I've got no one to talk to me. You know, like he's telling this person, "Don't bother me." You know, it'll be different when when she gets back. <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. So there's kind of a separation of possibly a couple there too. I'd have to think that out a little bit more. I don't know, but um. Uh, yeah, uh, you do need to review. It's another separation song. It's not about leaving. And yes, he was kind of the loner of the band, so it would be easy to think that. But the song's completely about not leave me. I'm missing somebody, and I don't want to talk about your nonsense. Don't bother me. I got problem. I got problems of my own, kiddo. Uh, but yeah, these indeed are uh, songs of separation, longing, and hoping that somebody will wait for them and, you know, they won't come home to God knows what of the Dear John letter. The, yeah, a lot of tropes, but basically, uh, yeah, I miss you. Don't go anywhere. Uh, I care and things like that. Um, that, uh, that that opening song is, is a rocker. That's just like they're coming. But second songs, traditionally, you're, it, it, you've got that momentum of the first one. So, yeah, you, you throw in a, a much less the second songs on albums. Uh, to me, anyways, that's where you throw in something that, you know, a, a B side. You don't go A side, A side at the beginning of an album, because soon at the end of the record, you're at a A sides, and it's all, you know, you and every uh, two songs in a row of that you don't want to do. So that that's a strategy that George Martin used, and really, I mean, all I got to do. It's got a couple of good hooks, but yeah, that end of each verse is it's yeah, call you on the phone, you'll come run it. Yeah, that's all I gotta do. Yeah, that's not working. It 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 starts off promising, but the resolution is a little um limp, uh, not quite there but uh you know Ringo just keeps it danceable which is the key when you put it on an album back in the day anyways right you had your girlfriend there and you put on the album and you were gonna dance right right of course uh in general uh that the energy that these guys were able to somehow communicate to vinyl is the key because you can feel it you can feel like a coiled spring ready to just jump into action on virtually all of these tracks then you get little child which is uh um a very fine little quick fast um you know rock and roll pop song um of the early of the early 60s you know um it's the shortest song on the album, I think. From the looks of it, it's a, only a minute and 46 seconds. It's like, little child, won't you dance with me? I'm so sad and lonely. Baby, take a chance with me. It's, you know, you, can't, you almost can't help but, like, bob your head to the beat, you know, and to the tune um, as you're listening to it. Um, it was never, I mean, it was never going to be a... a a highlight for the band, 
but it doesn't have to be. You know, some songs can just be fun and just, you know, be like like uh, the monkeys. Let's dance on. That's another example of one of an early song that that band did. That uh, you know, it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, you know, in the scheme of things, but it's just it's a toe tapper. It's just it's just enjoyable. Um, yeah, this album definitely has more originals than uh, Please Please We did. Um, in fact, the first cover, we're just now getting to the first cover, which is Till There Was You, um, which Paul um, adapted and sang. Um, that was, uh, it was like, uh, it was from, it was from the Music Man, as I say, and, uh, you know, it, uh, it's a, it's a very, it's a lovely tune. It's a lovely little song. It's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, see, even before yesterday, you know, they were doing stuff that you wouldn't really expect to come out on a, on a pop music record of the, of, you know, um, like the, you, you wouldn't expect it. You just, uh, but you know, they really didn't change the song that much. I mean, they pretty much just presented it. Um, you know, there was music and then wonderful roses. They tell me in sweet, fragrant meadows of, of gold, I think. And you something like that. It's, it's a very pretty song. Um, it's a nice little love song, you know. Um, it's it's a little tricky to sing. Uh, I've thought about doing it at karaoke before, but I've I've never quite, you know. It's it's one of those like I don't want to mess it mess it up, you know. It's just it's just a very pretty. I don't know why I'm using the word pretty, but it, it's the best word that I can really uh, think of here. But you know, there were bells on a hill. But I never heard them. Wait, there was. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I never heard it singing. Was it the birds in the sky? But I never heard it. Um, no, 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 no. That's what it was. Because he has sort of a little bit of uh, wordplay in there. The way that he sings it, he's like, "There are birds in the sky, but I never saw them winging." Um. Soar is interesting, you know, it's like a bird soaring through the sky. It's like never soar. Um, I don't know that that's on the original. I really should listen to the original, but <laughs> I'm just trying to get this recorded by while well, I have a little bit of time here, you know, so um, maybe uh, other uh, participants can look into that, you know. Um, but uh, anyway, just a, just a really nice little tune and... Um, and then, uh, Please Please Me, um, another cover. Um, it's a cover of uh, The Marvelettes, if I'm not mistaken. It's got like five, five, five writers are credited. Let's see who did. Yeah, The Marvelettes. Oh, please, you know, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, Mr. Postman. And it's, and again, it's somebody wanting to hear from someone that they're they're not currently in direct contact with, you know, in physical form. It's like, it's like let me, you know, let me see if I, there's a letter in your bag for me. Please, Mr. Postman. Um, you know, that's that's one that can be either gender singing the song and it, and it 
really doesn't have to like the meaning really doesn't change um uh so that that's an uh, i i like that one um i don't love please mr postman um but um it's you know it's it's a really good song it's a really good tune so um you go to side two and you got um a cover of rollover beethoven um sung by george and um i love this i love i love their version of rollover beethoven um some of those some of those uh you know um R&B slash Motown slash whatever you want to call it songs from the fifties, you know, when they, they recorded like, cause you know, they've been singing them and playing. I think Frank mentioned this last week, but you know, they've been performing these songs uh, live for so long from, for several years already. And they had just perfected them. You know, they basically perfected, um, uh, you know, the whole, the guitar lick on that and, um, it's, it's, it's speeded up a little bit from, you know, they usually would speed up this, the, those, uh, fifties chestnuts a little bit. And, um, and they're quite good at, at, uh, covering Chuck Berry specifically. They, they did, uh, a version of rock and roll music, um, you know, a couple albums in our future here. Um, I think they did a Johnny B. Good, um, on the um, live at the BBC. Um, and that, you know, for that radio series that was going in the, in the 63, um, I think they did a Johnny B. Good and maybe even, um, Maybelline, Sweet Little 16, something like that. So those were songs that they had kind of grown up with and they had been playing for, for a long time. And it's, and it's really nice to, you know, have, have, their versions of, of some of those songs. Um, and yeah, this was a great way to, to kick off the second side of the, of the, of the record, you know? Um, I, I, yeah, I love that one. Hold me tight is one that I've had kind of a, I, it, it's, it's a decent tune. It's not one that I really liked that much when I was first, like it was one that I just wouldn't really think about, you know, it would just kind of play and I was like, yeah, that's fine. And then I saw the movie, um, across the universe, which, you know, is set in the sixties and it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's almost an existential <laughs> take, you know, on Beatles music specifically. And, uh, you know, they incorporate a lot of aspects of the Beatles music and put them into these characters. And it's one of those that it could have gone either way, but I like, I really like, um, the, the movie across the universe, but, um, they cover hold me tight early on in the film. And for some reason at that point, I realized that it was a good song. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, Oh, I like that. You know, like I, I, hadn't really paid much attention to it before you know it's like never be the only one and then i might you know when they spit it up and they're it's one of those kind of they're kind of running around and stuff it's a bit of a, a romp kind of a thing in the in the movie across the universe and you know at that at that point i i i liked it better um you know i mean it's still not one of my favorites but it's you know i enjoy it it's quite good um you really got a hold on me. 
Um, you can't go wrong with some Smokey Robinson, and that's definitely the case here. Um, and John and George sang this. Um, this is the longest song. This may be the longest song they had released um, up to this point. It's just a full three minutes and one second. Um, you really got a hold on me. You really got a hold on me, baby. I love you, and all I want you to do is just hold me, please. Hold me, squeeze. Hold me, hold me. Uh, another example of, well, I mean, that song would have been more recent. You know, it, it they wouldn't have been familiar with it for as long of a time, but... Um, but that, you know, I love the fact that that one's on here too. Um, that's that's another really great song. Um, I want to be your I want to be your man. Wasn't that the one that they um, let the Rolling Stones sing? You know, they let the Rolling Stones perform a version of "I Want to Be Your Man." Um, that's uh, that's Ringo singing that one. Um, he was supposed to sing one of the other ones instead originally. And I'm blanking on which one it was. Maybe it was a non-album um, single or like a B-side or so. I, I'm having trouble remembering. I, I'm not, can't really, but oh yeah, I Want to Be Your Man. That's, that's another one of the songs that they danced to in the club in the movie, A Hard Day's Night. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, Ringo gets his, his, uh, you know, his vocal on that one. So tell me that you love me, baby. Let me understand. Tell me that you love me, baby. I want to be your man. I want to be your man. And again, I mean, that's another one where it's basically what you, what you see is what you get. It's exactly what it says on the tin, you know, but um, it's one that you you can't help but dance to. It's just um, there's not a lot of depth to the the, the um, lyrics at all, um, you know. But there's some great instrumentation on that song as well, and I I, I really enjoy that one. Um, after that comes "Devil in Her Heart," which I've never liked. There's no particular reason why I've never liked "Devil in Her Heart." Um, that one's a, a, a cover. What's the band? Um, it was originally done by the, the Donays. And, uh, yeah, it was originally done by the Donays as Devil in His Heart. So they, um, flipped the gender on that one. And I don't, I don't know why. Um, it, it just feels kind of bland to me. Um, I, I want to like it. And, you know, I, like I said, I don't have any concrete reason that I would say, you know, I can't say it's a horrible song, but I've just, it's, it's one that I would probably skip if I was listening to it and I just wanted a quick fix, but I didn't necessarily want to listen to the entire album. I would probably just, just skip it. But I know that, um, you know, they did that in concerts and they, I think that was on the live at the BBC as well, um, along with most of these songs, to be honest, most of these songs are from live at the BBC. Um, but that's, that's never been, never been one of my favorites, which, 
I mean, George does the vocal, he does fine on it, you know, but um, hardly my favorite at all. Oh, yes, I do so concur on that song. Um, I, I think part of it is the lyrics, uh, that nay, will she deceive? It just, it, it's, it, it, there's no visceral connection like with a lot of the other Beatles songs. Uh, but it does have that hook. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, you can dance to it. It's like many of the songs that are lesser on this album. The key is dancing. And the harmonica is fading. Uh, yeah, that first album had lots of great harmonica songs, but uh, John, rather, was busy with other stuff. And uh, I guess, you know, it was unique but then it was becoming a trope. So uh, George said, hey, you put maybe one or two songs there, but put the harmonica away, would you? And uh, Little Child, I don't think, is any longer in the uh, list of PC. Uh, yeah, cover these Beatles songs. Uh, I mean, I remember as a kid just thinking, you know, you went to, to, to any kid, you know, I was a little child. Why, I'll dance with you. Come on, George, let's uh, cut a rug. Uh, Till There Was You is that pure, mawkish Paul. And yeah, the singing that high part did that. And there was music and wonderful roses. They tell me in sweet the fragrant meadows of dawn and you and the guy down the street yeah uh but it is a pretty song uh the, the verses that there was love all around but i never saw them singing and yeah it, it is one of those hard to sing songs as uh shambles and i have both proven uh, yeah, so some of these illustrations, uh, luckily we keep them short. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, that plaintive Mr. Postman. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm sure I had no idea even what a Chuck Berry was the first time I heard Rollover Beethoven. In fact, I seriously wonder if I was educated as to who Beethoven was based on asking questions, having heard the Beatles sing Roll Over Beethoven. Now, how's that for a Wheel of Time thing or what? And uh, I've never seen Across the Universe, but uh, yeah, once again, that devil in her heart. Uh, yeah, it's a skipper. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can dance with your girlfriend to it, but uh, don't. Uh, it's not gonna be your favorite song of all time. Um, now, not a second time is um, a very good song, and that's the one that uh, some critics said that the alio a was it the Aeolian cadences of the song. He was praising it for things that they had never even heard of John's like they sound like little birds I have no idea it's like I don't know what you mean by an Aeolian cadence you know but uh, you know there's definitely something going on with that song where it's a little bit 
it's kind of a cut above in terms of um, you know it's uh, you know maybe the inspiration behind it or um, you know where it's like you know you make me cry got no reason I don't wonder why I listened to this a few days ago and now I'm like um, trying to remember exactly how it goes to you yeah and now you change your mind I got no reason to change my mind. Like, you know, this this relationship is not going to happen again. Not a second time. This is like, we did this once. I'm not going down this road. You just you just head on and just do your own thing. But that that was an early example of one that the critics, you know, the critics kind of jumped on and said, "Hey, this song means something that the Beatles apparently didn't actually mean for it to mean." And that certainly would not be the last time, you know, there will be a second time for that. <laughs> um, there'll be more times where, where, um, critics saw something in the song that, that apparently wasn't what the Beatles intended. I mean, you know, going by interviews and things that they, that they've said in the past and stuff, it's like, it's like, they probably didn't mean what you think the song means, you know? You can analyze it in the college classes. You can do whatever, um, you know, but uh, just know you're making things up. <laughs> so, um, but that's, you know, that's what that's what you do when you analyze something. You, you try to find a, a meaning in it and you might be bringing more of your own meaning to it than, you know, and that's that's something that probably everyone who's analyzed music or art or literature or whatever you know like we're all kind of guilty of that in some way shape or form so you know um which is fine it's it's i think it's good to find new meanings and things but the don't don't say this is what the artist really meant because you know chances are you're at least partially wrong when you say that <laughs> unless you're going by you know, information that you've heard the actual artist say, you know, so, um, with the Beatles closes out with money. That's what I want. Um, uh, that was, that's another cover and I'm blanking on who recorded that one first. La 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 la. la, la, la. Barrett Strong. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Barry, Barry Gordy, uh, co-wrote that song. Um, you know, that's another big Motown song. Um, lots of people have covered over the years. And yeah, that's that's one where um, the Beatles did a really great version of that song. Um, I love the, uh, the, the piano on it. Um, you know, it's, it kind of sizzles, you know, that song does. The best things in life are free. But you can keep them for the birds and bees. I give me money. It's like, uh, you know, the Beatles are like, yeah, I know you've been hearing us do all these uh, love songs, but uh, hey, we're gonna do a love song about money. All right, <laughs> we are gonna perform this, the the heck out of this tune um, about money. Give us cash. <laughs> it's like all I want is cash. Um, you know, give, give us that and give us the money, you know, which, uh, <laughs> and it'd be funny to, you know, not too long after that, they'll be coming out with can't buy me love, which is like 
almost a direct opposite of uh, the meaning behind money parentheses that's what I want but um, but uh, great closer for the album and you know all in all uh, this is quite a good album um, I mean I, I might be kind of ripping on a couple of the songs but uh, you know put all together I mean you know if you listen to Devil in Her Heart by itself it'd be like eh but you know put it in the context of, of this album and it's you know, it's not bad. Like the the album flows together pretty well. I I would say, um, mostly because a lot of their songs, you know, are, are kind of similar in terms of of theme, as I said. And um, I, you know, it it just works pretty well for me. Um, I mean, if I were to say, you know, like favorite songs on it, um, like I say probably all my loving and roll over Beethoven. Um, would be my my favorites. Least favorites would be like uh, All I've Got to Do and um, Devil in Her Heart. Uh, Hold Me Tight's kind of so you know kind of straddles that line. Um, you know, it's one of those like, well, it's a Beatles song, so hey, why not? But <laughs> so um, in terms of if I like Please Please Me better or with the Beatles better. Um, I'd probably have to give the edge to Please Please Me a little bit. Um, you know, mostly because I, I think it's, you know, it's a more consistent album. Um, and uh, it, maybe it's because they recorded all of it in one massive session. Maybe that, that kind of shines through. I don't know. Or this one was recorded over a longer span of time. Um... I'm wondering what we're doing about the non-album B-sides because there are three of them, or not B-sides, singles, um, the non-album singles, because um, there were like three of them that they came out with in uh, 63, uh, not counting, you know, American releases where they're throwing songs together and, <laughs> you know, um, you know, like Meet the Beatles is basically like half Please Please Me, half with the Beatles, you know. And, um, it, it seems like there were people that were enjoying putting their own playlist together, even in 1963, of Beatles music. And that's never stopped. <laughs> you know, people continue to do this, you know, the, that whole thing to this day. But the singles, just briefly, that came out were um, From Me to You backed with thank you girl um you know for me to you is is an ex-girlfriend of mine almost ruined that song for me once because i was mad at her and she we were arguing and all of a sudden she's like she put that song on to try to just like nudge me past the argument and try to make me forget what we were arguing about and just so see it'll be fine and she like started i'm like you better freaking <laughs> you know and almost ruined the song for me but i've been able to look past that and you know, and accept or appreciate the song again for what it is. But for a while, I didn't want to even think about From Me To You because just because she almost ruined it for me. That sucked. But, uh, you know, um, uh, Thank You Girl, I, I, I quite like, actually. Um, you know, that, that's a... You make me glad when I was blue And eternally I'll always be in love with you. 
you know, it, it's, that's another, that's a really fun song actually. Um, and, uh, she loves you of course is, is an amazing song. Um, you know, it's, it's among the best of the, uh, early Beatles, you know, you get the yeah, yeah, yeah directly in there. Um, when I had the, the first Beatles release I ever had was, uh, my parents bought me a cassette of the 20 greatest hits, um, in back in 1987, because I was I was watching the monkeys on TV and really getting into the monkeys, and they're like, like, well, you know, the monkeys are, you know, like like the Beatles. Like they didn't quite say why they were like the Beatles, but they were like, you know, the monkeys are like the Beatles. <laughs> you would probably like the Beatles, and I'm like, okay, so they bought the tape, and she loves you was the first one on the. Is <laughs> this funny? The monkeys are like the Beatles, um, but uh, you know. That's, I, I love that song. I really love, you know, she loves you and you know that can't be bad. Woo. You know, or you know you should be glad. Woo. See, I, I start talking about these songs and I get different verses mixed up with each other in my head. And then when I, when I say them or sing them, I'm like, oh wait, no, I had that wrong. <laughs> so if I was going to re-record this, I'd get it more you know, I, I do a little bit better. Sorry guys. But anyway, she loves you was backed with, uh, I'll get you, which is so, so, um, I think I specifically mentioned that song a couple weeks ago is an example of one that I didn't like as much. Um, it's not bad, you know, it's interesting that it starts with imagine, you know, imagine I'm in love with you. It's easy. Cause I know I've imagined, <laughs> but the, the recording is clumsy. Like, there's a bit in there, um, there's gonna be a time when you're gonna change your mind. And so one of the, one of the guys doing the back backing vocal, um, gets it wrong and sings, you're gonna make your mind or something like that. And it slipped through the final cut. And, uh, you know, there, there are a couple other things like that in that song where it's like, you know, I think they rushed this one. I think they I think they wanted a, a B-side to get out there, so they just put that on there. They should have put, you know, one of the other songs on on the on the B-side. Can you imagine? Um, she loves you, backed with like all my loving. That would have been a great single. That I say that it might be one of the American singles for all I. I'm not even sure, but oh, no, no, the American. I'm looking on here, UK and US, um, both released. She loves you, backed with I'll get you. And then you got I Want to Hold Your Hand, which, um, and This Boy. And both of those songs are amazing for just, for completely different reasons. Um, I Want to Hold Your Hand, that's not all he wants to hold. That's, that's, that's very clear. <laughs> that's, you know, there, there's more going on in that song than just, if we could just hold hands. <laughs> it's like, no, no, you're, you're looking into something else. Um, but that's great. That's got a great start to a song. It's like, dar, 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 dar. oh yeah. I. <laughs> like, I always love when they start with, oh yeah. Like they're, I'm agreeing with my statement before I make it. Oh yeah. I want to tell you, <laughs> let me understand. Or you understand when I say that something, when I say a little something, something, I want to hold your hand. And it's, it's, um, that's a, a delightful song. I love that one. 
Um, this boy is one of their best early slow songs. Actually, one of their best slow songs, full stop, I'll say. Um, there's some some great harmony in that song, three-part harmony. And, um, you know, it's just, I love it. I love that song. It's just, it's it's like a dream come to life, almost. Um, I just... I don't even know how to how to explain it, and I need to get going, so I should probably, maybe I shouldn't even try. <laughs> but I just I didn't know what we were doing with the non-album singles, and I wanted to to make mention of them at least. So um, yeah, just gonna go ahead and wrap this one up for now. Um, I'm enjoying this. This is a lot of fun. Um, get this sent off to. PQ River, whose turn it now is to speak. Ooh, just 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 lots of good stuff there. Um, the piano on not a second time. That is just, it's so nice and simple. And because you don't usually hear something so simple and clear, it just cuts through everything so nicely on that. I, I gotta admit that was a beautiful touch. Uh, interpreting what yeah somebody means by a song or a lyric, that's always gonna be iffy. I myself uh, have been misinterpreted uh, the, uh, with my prolific songwriting. Let me tell you, but uh, yes, there have been times where um, I. It's just oh, it's being misunderstood and interpreted wrong. It, oh, it's it's rough. Let me tell you. And yeah, people in their personal life. I mean, especially what John was already married to Cynthia at this point. Uh yeah. I wonder how many of these songs might have been about Cynthia, and maybe uh, the ones she wondered whether they weren't. Um, the call and responsey stuff that they do appears to uh, peak on this album, just as the harmonica peaked on the last album. That back and forth and harmonies that kind of aren't so much singing together, but creating this this division almost. Um, yeah, and, and, and once again, like songs on this album, just wheel it time-wise, so many of them are associated with my grandmother Elsie, my mother's mother's living room, where, like, I guess the larger family unit phonograph was housed. And, yeah, in that living room, looking out the front window there, there was kind of like a series of four windows on the front end of the house in the living room and uh, looked out into you know the road and the parking in front of the house and oh yeah i and i like this album better than the debut album um i don't know uh it's maybe it's because it's a little more upbeat and you can dance and tap your toe a little more to it but uh yep yeah, and we're getting the the very last harmonica ones turn out to be uh on those singles that shambles spoke about which yeah let uh, p.s i love you and thank you girl yeah i had this single and mm, yeah 
They're just pretty songs and that early Beatles sound. Uh, she loves you. On the Swan label. I mean, the Beatles records after that all came out on Capitol, I think, in the United States, and then Apple, of course. But uh, this Swan Records, who I don't even know who owned it, had to have been a subsidiary somewhere, a VMI, uh, an overseas licensor or something. But that was just, in the day, that was just, I guess because of the yeah, 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 that was just, that was the Beatles song that resonates so much. And I don't, was it? Did it wind up on Meet the Beatles? I, I couldn't say. And that's the tricky one, because the next two that he spoke of, This Boy and I Want to Hold Your Hand, of course, are on Meet the Beatles. So they're right there. So at least this boy is, and I'm almost positive I Want to Hold Your Hand is. Uh, now I'm like starting to second-guess myself. Oh, man. But... Uh, yeah, and it's really interesting that, uh, Shambles, you have the backwards gate. The monkeys were your gateway to the Beatles. That kind of, it's just, that, that just, I have to think about that. I really do. But, yeah, we're going to keep going. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's just keep going right now because we have Frank, Edward, Nora, and uh, his look at Please Please Me. Yeah, look at this uh, iconic album cover with the Beatles, right? It's completely black and white. It has the Parlophone logo on the upper left and then uh, on the top with the Beatles uh, in all lowercase. And what looks like maybe a uh, hand, a hand-drawn font, it looks similar to a lot of uh, mid-century photo lettering fonts or 60s photo lettering fonts I've seen then it says mono in the upper right. So I think some of the clues of whether or not it's an actual font, if you look at the, the lowercase e, which is in the and Beatles, is in Beatles twice, uh, it's slightly different each time. It's not the exact same uh, character as far as I can see. We also have the letter T, which is also slightly different the two times it's used. So, and the H as well, so... It could be a hand done. I'm not sure. I, I started researching it and I didn't really get very far. But then, of course, the main part of it are these uh, photos of all four Beatles uh, lit from one side. So, like, the right side of their faces, the left, as we're looking at them, side of their faces, uh, are lit up and the right sides are in darkness, right? And uh, they seem to be slightly different scales. Like, John, and so on the top, there's three across. Uh, John, George, and Paul, and then on the bottom right is Ringo, and they have kind of serious expressions. Actually, each one has a slightly different expression. Uh, John is definitely looking kind of. Um, what's the right way? How would you describe that uh, that attitude? Um, sort of a mock serious pose. George just looks slightly confused. Paul looks like he's really paying attention and waiting. Ringo just looks miserable. <laughs> he just looks miserable, you know. But, of course, this album cover is uh, completely iconic. I mean, it's it's been parodied so many times. So many different artists have done their own version of this cover. 
I think I found just a few of the parodies, if I can find it here. Well, The Residents did a version, The Muppets, and I don't know how many of these are actual albums or just uh, graphics on the internet, but a lot of people have uh, kind of parodied this album cover. As it is, I think, one of their most iconic images, really, this, this album cover. Uh, and they also used it for a, a, an album that came out in the U.S. called Meet the Beatles, right? So if you look at Meet the Beatles, it's a slightly different version, the same image, though. It says uh, it's, it's the first album by England's phenomenal pop combo, Meet the Beatles. Um, is it the same? It, it, it's actually a little bit different. It's a little different, actually. It's Is it the same? No, it might be slightly different. But I mean it's obviously in the same photo shoot, but it looks a little bit different. The the coloration and stuff. But yeah, I'm seeing all these different variations of it, so let's see. Robert Freeman did the cover photograph. So anyway, what is up with this album? I've been listening to it a lot. We're talking about with the Beatles. And uh, it definitely feels like there's a lot more going on with this album than the last one. And there's, there's a much wider range of material on this one, from the best of the best to really kind of the worst, I think. I remember a long time ago I put together a, uh, a playlist of the worst of the Beatles, and I do think a couple of the songs from here got on there. Covers, the covers. The, a couple of the covers here uh, feel like not so great. Um, I'm not sure exactly when they stopped with the covers. Maybe it was this album. Um, but I knew they just didn't have enough songs ready. Uh, or maybe it was considered um, good to have covers on your album. I don't know. Um, and a few of these songs did wind up on uh, the movie, um, the, and I think the next album, Hard Day's Night. And... Uh, so since that's one of my favorite Beatles things ever, that movie, that a few of these songs like uh, Don't Bother Me and uh, All My Loving are on there. Um, but as we look at the playlist, there's 14 songs here. Again, it's about 36 minutes. All the songs are mostly under three minutes. Uh, one that's over three minutes is You Really Got a Hold on Me, a Smokey Robinson cover. It's at three minutes and one second. The shortest song is one minute, 46 seconds. Uh, but we have uh, all the songs are by Lennon McCartney, except George Harrison wrote one of the songs, Don't Bother Me. I think this was his first, the first song he uh, wrote as a Beatle and, and put on a record. Um, then we have one, two, three, four, five. we have six covers. Six out of the 14 are covers. Um, Till There Was You by Meredith Wilson. <coughs> Please, Mr. Postman by... <laughs> All these different people. This was a team effort, I guess. Roll Over Beethoven. <coughs> Roll Over Beethoven by Chuck Berry. You Really Got a Hold of Me by Smokey Robinson. Devil in Her Heart. Richard Drapkin. And Money, That's What I Want. When it comes to that song, all I can hear is the Flying Lizards version. Love will get me everything, it's true. What it don't get me, I can't use. I need money. Do, 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 right? Remember the Flying Lizards? They did that version. Um, so let's go through playing. Uh, let, let me first go to uh, Apple Music because they, they have their own little 
information about this. I want to see what they wrote about this album. This is also 63, just like the previous album. <coughs> the Beatles didn't get a lot of breathing room in 1963. In February, they had to be smuggled out of a show in Carlisle in a post office van by a police sergeant disguised as a mail carrier. By November, a couple of weeks before the release of their second album, With the Beatles, a riot broke out after fans pushed a parked car into a line of police officers trying to enforce a cordon outside a show in Dublin. Though the precise coinage is still debated, the word Beatlemania entered the public lexicon in October. At a couple of live shows, the band reportedly stopped being able to hear their instruments over the sound of the screaming. While the bulk of Please Please Me had been recorded in a single 13-hour session, With the Beatles was recorded in seven sessions over three months, schedule that seems comparative, comparatively luxurious until you realize that every session took place on days between tour dates or other travel-oriented obligations, and in at least one case straddled a three-and-a-half-hour stretch in the middle of the day during which the band drove to a theater several miles from the studio to record both an interview and a session for the BBC in London traffic on a Tuesday. Oh, and they wrote most of the songs, too, in some mysterious hour during which the accomplished accomplished things, they learned to play them as well. Who wrote this? What is going on here? And so... And so here they were again, Moody on an album cover, a black-and-white Robert Freeman photo inspired by Freeman's images of John Coltrane. Oh, I didn't know that. Bright and unruffled in the music. Like Please Please Me, about half of With the Beatles was made up of covers of American soul and R&B. They list them. While half were Lennon and or McCartney originals, if Lennon was emerging as the band's ironist, Barrett Strong's Money, That's What I Want... McCartney was becoming their moony romantic. The Music Man highlight, Till There Was You. Yeah, that's, again, that's a very strange. We'll talk about that. A yin-yang balance that lasted the duration of their shared career. At the Royal Variety performance in early November, Lennon famously encouraged the people in the cheap seats to clap along. And the rest of the audience, which included the Queen, rattle your jewelry. I remember seeing that, that footage. While basically still a youth band, they'd started to get dues from the establishment, too. A couple of days before Christmas, a critic for the Times said they were the finest English composers of the year, noting that they seemed to think simultaneously of harmony and melody, while also singing out the nat- sing- singling out the naturalness of their Aeolian cadences and intriguing pandiatonic clusters, none of which mattered to the hoarse-voiced teenagers squatted for days outside ticket booths, but which signaled the possibility that the band was on the brink of universal appeal. Pop music handled with the sanctity of art. Who, who writes these things? That's a little, a little off, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, they also have a little documentary here, a three-minute documentary. Let's check this out. It's kind of cool that they added document, uh, little mini-documentaries to each album, right? Here we go. It's a video. Animating the cover art. Till I belong to you. The first album was really a recital of their repertoire. George Martin. It was the first songbook, so to speak. Close your eyes and I'll kiss you. Of course, All My Loving is one of their 
greatest song. play different stuff live from what was recorded and still have stuff left over for the next album. I wrote my first song on this album. Good one. Martin said, well, what else have you got? And then we pull out Tilda Was You. I've been researching this one. But I never heard them ringing. No, I never heard them at all. This is one of, more, one of the most unique Beatles performances, I think, this, this song. There were birds in the sky, but I never saw them. Saw them winging. Knowing what we sounded like before we became the clever Beatles. Wanna be your man? Another good one. Ringo singing part of it. Getting some of his masculinity back after last album's song, Boys. <laughs> We weren't thinking in terms of an album being an entity by itself. It was a collection of their songs, and I think one or two other people's songs as well. You think, George Martin? Mr. Pose. How about six out of the 14 are other people's songs? This is not one of the better songs, yeah. When I joined the Beatles, we didn't really know each other, but if we looked at each other's record collection... The four of us virtually have the same records. No We'd never heard of anything in rock and roll lasting more than a couple of years, so we thought we were about the same. I remember thinking, this is it, we've made it, but we didn't realise what was to come. Tune in next week, folks, for 64, 65 and 66. Wow, I don't know the context of that interview. That was uh, George Harrison speaking. Um... Yeah, so I mean, a real it's a mixed bag from the highest highs to some of the not the best ones, let's say. <laughs> let's uh the very beginning of the album again, it starts off just the first few seconds really just establishes things, right? It won't be long. Right, just jump right out of the gate. It won't be long. Till we're world famous and the biggest band ever. Yes. This is a really good song. I would I would say it's uh, definitely a really good Beatles song, and um, great way to start off the album. And that is uh, lead vocals by John Lennon. And the next song, also lead vocals by John Lennon. These are all. Lennon McCartney songs, All I've Got to Do. Whenever I want you around, yeah. It's another great song. And, but of course, when you get to the third song, All My Loving, this is the song that is, uh, I think on this album, this is probably the biggest Beatles song on this album. It's going to be in all the best stuff. It's going to be in all the compilations. It's All My Loving. Lennon McCartney's song sung lead, lead vocal by Paul McCartney. So this is the big one on the album. In my opinion, the biggest of the big. 
Again, just it just these songs just bound out of the gate without any like it's just amazing. No, just close your eyes, right? I mean, it's amazing how it works. Close your eyes. Uh, yeah, big song, amazing song, uh, really a defining Beatles song in my opinion. All my loving, I will give to you. Then we get the one song written by George Harrison and sung by George Harrison here. Well, there's another song sung by Harrison, but uh, this is Don't Bother Me, as, as he mentioned. And I, I really do like this song. This is a good song. And there's a bit of this on uh, Hard Day's Night, too. Sounds like a bit of an effect that he's singing through, right? Some reverb. Definitely, a, definitely a great Beatles song. I think it's on a lot of the compilations. It's a really great early Beatles song. Then we get to a Little Child, Lennon with McCartney singing, and uh, here we go, harmonica. <laughs> a very powerful be- beginning. Again, I love the beginnings of these songs. It just sort of the sound they achieved there, and it just right here starting and then this part but you see what I'm saying like it sometimes there's this weird like out of tune moment it's, it's like and then in the middle there there's something that just is very pleasing right you know? here here Almost, almost like the, the harmonica, right? Yeah. Little child, won't you dance with me? Now I know he's using a, uh, a turn of phrase or a slang, talking about a young woman that is of age. Uh, little child, won't you dance with me? But uh, it could be taken the wrong way. But I think I think we can give him a pass on this because it was an idiom or a turn of phrase that was used in a past time. I'm so sad and lonely, baby. Take a chance with me. Then we get the first cover on the album, uh, Please, Mr. Postman. No, no, sorry. That's, that's not it. What the hell? Oh, no. Now we get to, I think, the most remarkable song on the album, the strangest and perhaps most unique Beatles performance, Till There Was You, right? This is Paul singing a song from the musical The Music Man, right, written by Meredith Wilson. And it is a very distinctive a performance of this show tune, basically. And, uh, and I've been researching it, and I was watching, I actually found the footage. Uh, hold on. Well, here's a little bit of Paul's. These songs are so short, but they're like, this is only two minutes and 14 seconds, but so much happens in the song. Right? So this is, uh, I, I mean, I really love the performance. It, it has, it's rough-edged in Paul's performance. There's, 
Then there was music and wonderful roses, they tell me. Right? But there's some almost sort of a naive kind of um, angle to the whole, like sort of a very sincere effort to sing this song. Um, so again, this is, that, that's why I'm saying this album has a much wider variety of stuff from kind of not great covers to All My Loving, which is one of the top songs, to this bizarrely kind of interesting and wonderful song. So this is, uh, this is what it says in the Beatles Bible. Um, so this was from the musical that came out in 57 and then the movie from 62 um, where the, the song is sung by Shirley Jones later to star in the Partridge family as, as, as the mother. Um, but Paul McCartney didn't hear that version. He heard Peggy Lee's 1958 version. And here's Paul quote, quoting Paul. I had an elder cousin, Elizabeth Donner, now Robbins. She was quite an influence on me. Betty would play me records like Peggy Lee's Fever. Peggy Lee did Till There Was You as well. I didn't know that was from the musical The Music Man until many years later. This led me to songs like A Taste of Honey and things which were slightly to the left of and right of rock and roll. So interestingly, he didn't even know this was a show tune. He thought it was a, a Peggy Lee song, right? The song became part of the Beatles' live set from 1962 with performances taking place in such varied places as Hamburg's Star Club and Royal Command and the Royal Command performance. They also performed it at their audition for Decca Records on January 1, 1962. Um, here's another quote from Paul. I can never see the difference between a beautiful, mel mel a beautiful melody and a cool rock and roll song. I learned to love all the balladry stuff through my dad and relatives. Till There Was You, My Funny Valentine. I thought these were good tunes. The fact that we weren't ashamed of these leanings meant that the band could be a bit more varied. And there was a need for that because we played cabaret a lot. Songs like Till There Was You and Ain't She Sweet would be the late night cabaret material. They showed that we weren't just another rock and roll group. The Lennon-McCartney songwriting collaboration was forming during that period. We went on from Love Me Do to writing deeper, much more intense things. So it was just as well someone didn't come up and tell us how cool, how uncool Till There, there Was You was. Um... Another quote from Paul. I looked at the recording scene and realized that a few people were taking offbeat songs, putting them into their acts, and modernizing them a bit. So I looked at a few songs with that in mind. Till There Was You was one. No one was doing that except Peggy Lee, so I thought it'd be nice to play. Interesting, yeah. So here is uh, from The Music Man. Here's Shirley Jones, a young Shirley Jones, Mrs. Partridge. Hold on, let's go there. Well, I'd say about there she is with the music man. Years late. It took you all this time to get to the footbridge with a fella. If you want to know the truth, it was almost longer. Oh? Uh -huh. Halfway here, I, I nearly turned back. I suppose I I'm not this music, this movie's like super widescreen or cinemascope or something. Too clearly when I'm I don't think I ever saw this movie. This definitely would have. This definitely would have been a movie my mother would have loved. To sell you anything? Oh no. You've given me something. That's why I had to come. Well, I don't recall giving slight synchronicity because I on my sh my show yesterday I uh, that's why I came. Well, 
And I'm so glad. I, I can tell the song's going to start in a second, but uh, I was reading a thing I wrote for my old Anything But Monday magazine, and it, and it involved Danny Partridge, and now here's, here's uh, his mother. Oh, please don't be afraid that I expect too much more. One can't expect a traveling salesman to stay put. I know there have been many ports of What's she rambling now? about? Come on, sing, Shirley, sing! I can be grateful. There were bells mm. on a hill, but I never heard them ringing. There were bells on the hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, no I, I never, never heard, heard them at all. Till there was you. Wild, right? This was a, this became a Beatles song. Sing, what would you call this singing style? It almost sounds like she's showing off. She's so good, she's good at singing. It's wild hearing that. I, I, I didn't know it was from this. I really didn't. I really I hadn't researched it. And then, of course, we have uh, Peggy Lee's version, which is, this is the one Paul based his version on. Kind of halfway between Paul and uh, Shirley. Peggy. But yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of wild. So it really stands out as a quite a highlight on the album, and and really an amazing. I, I didn't know all this about about uh, that song, but I I always liked it. I always liked it. You know. There were birds Obviously, Paul does the best version. You know. In the sky, but I never saw. Soar them winging is instead of never saw them winging, never soar them winging. Weird, weird, weird. Is that Liverpudlian? No, I never saw them at all till there was you. All right, next we have Please, Mr. Postman, which I think is not one of the better songs on the album, you know. I mean, it's not bad, but I mean, compared to All My Loving, you know, and even Till There Was You, which was very interesting, I think this was sort of a, I mean, every Beatles song is good, but this is not one of the best ones, in my opinion. Um, and I found out that song by um, Portugal The Man, remember there was a band called Portugal The Man, and then they accused them of selling out because they had this huge song called um, Feel It Now or something. They're saying this song is, is, is based on Please Mr. Postman or something. Feel It Still. I kind of remember when this song... You guys are sellouts. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's these poor people, they finally had a, good, a big hit. Oh my God, you guys suck. Really? But I couldn't figure out like where... Like where is it? Where is it? Is it a sample? Are they sampling it or... 
You know this song. Somehow it's based on it. Maybe they just based the structure of the song on it? I don't know. know. (laughs) It's hard to figure out how that happened. Then we have another cover, Roll Over Beethoven. Here it is. Wait, hold on. Let me get my... uh, I have a million pages open here. George Harrison leading, uh, singing it. I always I love when George is singing, but again, this is a good song, but I don't know if it's a great Beatles song. You know, it just doesn't feel Beatles-like. Yeah, it's not not my favorite. You know. Next we have "Hold Me Tight," sung by McCartney. This is this is definitely a deep track for the Beatles. It's, to me, it's like a mid-level track. You know, it feels a bit like filler, but it's it's not bad. Now it's the Smokey Robinson song. You really got a hold on me, Lennon and Harrison. This is this is a better cover, I think. It just feels more effortless. It feels more in tune with the Beatles. Next we have I Wanna Be Your Man with Ringo on lead vocals here. This is a really good song. There's just something about it that feels very fun and very... I think, I think, when, it, I think when it was in the movie, this is a great scene. And just the way Ringo sings it is just. Nice. Good song. Very good song. Then we have perhaps the worst one on the album here. This is Devil in Her Heart. And if I can find, this is by Richard Drapkin. <laughs> Richard Drapkin. Who the hell is Richard Drapkin? Even though George Harrison is singing it, and I do love when he sings stuff. This is, I think, the low point of the album. Yeah, I think this might be one of the worst Beatles songs ever. In my opinion, I'm sorry. This, this is, well, I know Mr. Moonlight. I don't know if that's on one of the upcoming albums where that, that was also one of the worst. But this is the low point of the album. This is not good. No. No. Yeah, so that's not that's not good. Then we have uh, not a second time. And it's funny because this song, like when I see the title, I don't really, I can never really remember what this song sounds like. You know, it's so weird. Like some songs are like that, but then as soon as you hear it, you know you made me cry. Yeah, it's a good song. Again, it's kind of like a mid-level Beatles song. It's not going to be on the compilation. It's not going to be the top song you think of, but it's a good song. And finally, we have Money, That's What I Want. 
first of all, we have to hear the Flying Lizards version, uh, which is all I hear in my head when I think of this song. An 80s band that just sort of had this... They, they nailed it. This is the best version ever of Money. There's nothing that can ever be better than this. I'm sorry. They nailed it. They perfected it. There's, there's, there's no coming back from this. The best things in life are free. But you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. That's what I want. So, sorry, Beatles. Flying lizards win. But this is not terrible, you know, it's it's alright. I mean Again, it doesn't feel like a great fit for the Beatles. Like some of the cover songs feel like better fits. This one, eh. But Lennon's vocal on this is pretty good though. The best things in life are free. The best things in life are free. But you can leave them to the birds and bees. I want money. It's kind of fun, but yeah. So really, I would say the only real, real big stinker is Devil in Her Heart. And I think Roll Over Beethoven and Please Mr. Postman are not very good either. Uh, I mean, pretty much just the covers are, are issues. But, the, but as I said, I think Till There Was You is a remarkable cover. I think maybe one of their, their best covers. So unique, you know. And of course, um, what was the one that uh, you really got to hold on me? Just, you know, kind of works with them better. How's Shirley Jones doing here? Let's see. Fragrant meadows. This this fragrant could also mean something smells bad. That's pretty fragrant. So hard, so weird to see her outside the Partridge family. Really, How, how's she doing? Is she alive? Didn't she die? Maybe she's still alive. I don't know. Most of these people are dead by now. She's alive! Wow, she's eighty-eight. Wow, she's doing all right. So she was like 27 or 28 when she did this. Wow, she's still alive at age 88, doing good. There she is hugging the music man, kissing the music man. Great. I don't know. I really don't want to watch that movie. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> the little bits I've seen, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's not high on my I have a, a list of, a mile long of stuff I need to watch. How's Peggy Lee doing here? Never saw them at all till there was you. Nice. Let's see any other cover versions of "Till There Was You." Here's here's something called "Sitting on Stacy." No, it's an ad. Who is this? This is a random person from two years ago. Salutations, Chad. We were sitting on Stacy, and this is a cover song of the Beatles called Till There Was You. Well, a cover song of the, of the Music Man from the Beatles via Peggy Lee. Let's see how these, these kids do. I'm becoming obsessed with this song. <laughs> And here's Allison Young playing a ukulele, singing "Till There Was You." 
from five years ago. Right, now I gotta watch all the covers of this song. She's like wailing on the ukulele there, come on. I need something better than that. Salutations, Salutations. I don't know. I mean, here's a lesson of how to play it. No, I don't want to see that. Wow, here, here's, a, here's old fake Paul singing it in, in concert. Fake Paul. Eh. Real Paul sang it better. What is this? Someone singing it like on a live musical. What is this? Like community theater or something? There's a lot of versions of this song. Here we go. Yeah. Eh. I'm very dissatisfied with these versions. Etta Jones did a version in 1961. On the hill, but I never. Eh. <laughs> no. Hmm. Here's Kristen Chenoweth. She's supposed to be a big Broadway singer. How does she do it? I don't. I don't know. I. I mean, Paul McCartney does the best version. Oh, real Paul does the best version. Here's Kristen Chenoweth with "Till There Is You" from The Music Man. Eh, no. Eh! Gong! Gong! Oh, here they are on the Ed Sullivan Show doing it. Okay, wow. Whoa, very loud. Turn the volume down, Ed. There were bells on a hill, but I never heard them ringing. Who's better than original Paul? Come on. This is this might even be better. I mean, wow. Any uh, any more versions? Here's the Mona Lisa twins singing it. This will be our last one. I can't take it anymore. I'm so disappointed by all the other covers. Here we go. I, I, have great faith in the Mona Lisa twins from two years ago. There were bells on a hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, no. Eh, gong. It's, it's, it's something about that song. It's, it's, it's like very hard to get. I, I don't know. Paul just ruined it for everyone. The same way the uh, flying lizards ruined money for everyone. Well, the Federal Reserve did, did that as well. But anyway... <laughs> There you go. Uh, 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 another interesting album. Again, I think I just don't know how to really rate this album. I mean, it's like it's so all over the place. It has some high highs, some low lows. But the Beatles are really getting going and getting ready for the next one, which I believe is Hard Day's Night. PQ, what do you think? Is that the, that the next one? Was that the one that was originally going to be called Eight Arms to Hold You? I remember that band. Uh, what was her name? 
Farouk Assault made an album with that title? No. See you next time here on the Beatles, the Beatles festivities. Back to you, PQ. Now, can you imagine Till There Was You done by the Flying Lizards? There were birds in the sky. Oh, with like something, some anvils and some hammers and maybe some breaking glass. Oh, till there was you. Yeah, that, that, that could be a real total winner there. Um, yeah, there they were, they were cruising through. And yes, A Hard Day's Night is the next album. But if I think I have heard rumor that there may be a stray segment that will remain outstanding as I release this um, program. So I am looking to potentially a second show on this album here. And by all means, uh, at any time in the festivities, you can jump in. And there is nothing wrong with going back. Uh, just uh, I am hoping we don't jump too far forward i mean if you want to talk about sergeant pepper it'll only be a few weeks and you will have your you know but going back you got some nice beetle overviews uh you want to talk about now the first or the second album or if you want to jump in in the middle i mean frank you want to come back or next week address the six songs that uh, shambles mentioned uh we may as well address them i mean it's now as well as ever so uh, a, a tip of the hat to mr constant shambles is that oh what a good man he is um p.s i love you thank you girl she loves you i'll get you i want to hold your hand and this boy which, if I'm not mistaken, is in the Hard Day's Night movie. In fact, I would uh, bet my last dollar on it. It's Ringo's theme, so to speak. Uh, but I, I don't I don't remember how that works. And, yeah, when we get to Hard Day's Night next week, um, that's going to get interesting because in the United States, Hard Day's Night was released on two very similar albums on two different record labels altogether. But yeah, uh, either I or somebody wiser will unknot that little um, bit of Beatles triviata uh, the next time around. And yes, the, the, the email address, write this down first because this just applies all the way around, and it is kpqr.torc at gmail.com as always repeating kpqr.torc at gmail.com for your overnightscape central entries correspondence and uh, other such fun that's where you send it um other than that yeah uh next week is hard days night and uh your comments, your song by song, if you like. You can just uh, tell us your favorites and your least favorites. And yeah, that's the story for next week. And uh, 
like I said, you got any kind of Beatles thoughts, anecdotes, and uh, I am going to start sliding in. Um, next time we gather, I think, I, and I'm hoping, like I say, if we get this bonus uh, show on this album, I may toss in this Gene Shepherd that I keep talking about, where he speaks of uh, his experiences uh, traveling as a reporter with the Beatles in the early days from the early days. So uh, keep that in mind, and uh, we will all uh, be back together here uh, at some point sooner than later. Thanks so much, Frank and Shambles, for making this one good, and uh, we will hear from you soon enough on this because I don't think there's anybody out there within the sound of my voice that shouldn't say something about the Beatles. But uh, either way, in the meantime, of course, set the controls for the heart of the fun. <laughs> <laughs>